Short breaks are earned. Our first Montyism of the 2021-22 Sun season. And that means, of course, training camp is here. Takeaways on everything that happened on Monday in the Footprint Center and more coming up right away here on Locked on Suns. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, credentialed Suns media member the past five seasons and your first listen every single morning here on Locked On Suns. Follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On PHX Suns. You will notice a different angle here behind me today. We are slowly but surely getting things to where we want them to be for the regular season, which is just about three weeks away. Opening night, literally three weeks from the almost exact moment that I'm recording this here on uh, Monday night. But got a lot to talk about. Media Day was here on Monday. I was not able to join in person because of pesky, uh, yes, I don't get to do these fun things anymore in person as often as I would like to, but I was right there all throughout the day on the virtual media day calls, and I'm going to give you every single thing you need to know, every single takeaway that I had from Suns Media Day. Uneventful, relatively speaking, um, everybody wants to go win a damn championship is really the mood uh, that I think you can get from everything that happened um, throughout the day from everybody, James Jones, Monty Williams, Chris Paul, and obviously Devin Booker not there. Peculiar decision in, in some ways. But um, I want to start with Monty Williams's perspective and um, just the, the mentality, the vibe of this team on that note. First, though, I wanted to let you guys know, if you are just tuning in, maybe you're excited for Media Day, maybe you are um, a new fan. Maybe you're like, I hate the Trailblazers and I need a, a new team and I like the Suns now. Whatever it might be. Do us a huge favor here on Lockdown Suns. Do me a big favor and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already. That is going to be your number one spot all season long for Suns coverage, Suns updates, Suns analysis. Everything um, that you are used to getting here will be available on YouTube if we make it to 1,000 subscribers. When? When we make it to 1,000 subscribers. And we will get there by opening night. Uh, A Kelly Oubre bobblehead could be yours. Look, I mean, it doesn't get better than this. Got Wave on the back, got the Converse, of course. Get a little marketing for fries in there and the AirPods, everything else. Please, please, please hit that subscribe button and that bobblehead could be yours. I will do a random selection when we get to that point. Okay, again, short breaks are earned. I put out a tweet on Monday morning jokingly. Really, I honestly was, for the most part, making a joke. And it was asking for everybody's favorite Monteisms. I, I, I was like, we're going to hear another, a new one today. Of course, it's a new season. That means it's time for more catchphrases. And Monty Williams did not disappoint. We got short breaks are earned. And uh, it, look, as silly as it is, and as silly as they all can be when we, you know, joke around with them, uh, the most part, they're pretty accurate and honest. And at the very least, they do give us a little bit of insight into Monty Williams' own state of mind. This was on a sign that they apparently have put 
in the practice facility and uh, a message that Monty clearly wants to instill in this team. And it makes sense. I thought one of the most poignant moments of Media Day, continuing on from what we saw in Monty Williams' post-game press conference after Game 6, was just the uh, bluntness with which he spoke about losing. And in this case, it wasn't even so much about losing, but more so uh, the expectation of winning. He, he very plainly and um, humbly was able to say, like, the biggest thing he had to get over, he went to Texas where he has a home and was fishing and, and hanging out with his kids and everything else. And it just forced him to take a step back and realize I don't deserve, I, it, it's not owed to me that I should win. And that's crazy. I mean, you think how rah-rah, you know, macho man sports can be, especially in the highest of high levels. To hear Monty Williams just say something as plain and, and honest and, and real as like, I needed to tell myself and realize within myself that I don't deserve to win, um, that it's not owed to me, that if I put the hard work in and everything else that I just should win, is, to me, I mean, it's a, it's a continuation of the lessons we've watched this dude learn in real time since he came here and took over this franchise as the head coach, dating back to his Pelicans days and then, and then uh, you know, Hornets days before that and now getting here and getting that head coaching gig the second chance that he got we've heard so much of how much he had to learn about himself as a coach and as a person this is just another example and the reason it's important is not just because I guessed correctly that we would get another vintage Monteism here on media day the first real day of the season but it's also important because it it trickles down and um, there was another moment where I think Chris Paul was was asked to basically analyze or, or share with us the like the mentality, the buzzword for the team, the, the state of mind that everyone has right now. And he he said, you know, it, it's that diligence, that that work ethic, that commitment to one another that we know is the trademark of this Sun squad that was why they were able to get through so much last season and come together for that run. But he also said after that, I'm not the coach. And I think that's so powerful and important as well. Like, you're, like I get that I'm just very much drinking the Kool-Aid right now. It is media day. These things were all on everybody's bingo boards. I get that. But um, I guess to me, it's like the Kool-Aid might taste a little bit better right now because... The Suns proved the magic and the power of that stuff. And maybe you don't buy it. Maybe you think, like, the injuries broke right. DeAndre stepped up his game. None of it was random. None of it was luck. They earned every single moment in the culture, you know, whatever. I happen to completely disagree. And I think if you're going to buy the fact that the Suns can get back to a situation where they're competing for a championship again in 2022, that next summer we're going to be watching finals games together again, you have to believe in that culture and that continuity and that commitment because, look, I mean, the reality is, like, I did episodes last week talking about these top 100 lists and all the rest. The Suns don't have as much, you know, top 20, top 30 talent as other teams in the NBA. Like, the Lakers, the Nets, these teams are, the Bucks. maybe you could, I think that you have to make the case at this point, right? Like, those teams' bonafide talent is just there in a way that the Suns just still aren't going to walk into the season with. Now, different conversation, and we'll get to it in just a second in terms of what exactly it is that the 
growth can create for this group. But you have to know going in, your your pathway to winning is that cohesion, right? And it is the treatment of every day as an opportunity to get better and the treatment of every day as an opportunity to get closer and, and stronger as a group. And so the short breaks are earned. It goes into what I want to talk about in a second, which is the uh, potential for more of those similar types of breaks and a more patient approach to the regular season. And I want to get to that because it's interesting, but it also just means the earning portion, right? Not just the break portion, the earning portion and seeing what happened, choosing, choosing to look at what happened last season, that magical run and and everything. and, And the, the closeness that Monty is, is expressing getting to the assumption that the championship was theirs for the taking all of that only happened because of the earning because they wanted to f- because they came together in a way that allowed them to surpass some of the more talented teams it's obvious in in hindsight that that's clearly what happened and i think again it's what you have to to root for if you're going to expect that it's going to happen again so again just to reiterate and, and firm up and close out here the short breaks are earned mantra is a is a choice to look at what happened last year, not as something that was owed to them, not as something that was inevitable or something that is bound to happen again, but something that they grabbed, that they seized hold of in order to get there. And I think that's so massive. I mean, I think that's so, so important and it it just frames so much of how this team is going to have to continue to exist. So with that in mind, let's get a little more technical because Brandon Duenas and I talked yesterday about how uh, the Suns might approach camp. And I actually think we we didn't expect or project that there would be so much talk of patience and um, kind of slow steadiness throughout the course of the season. And it seems like that might be where we're headed. So we'll get to that in just a second. First, though, a quick word from Rock Auto, which cuts out the entirety of that middleman. And what I'm talking about when I say middleman is when your car screws up when it peters out when it just tells you hey i'm gonna need this or i'm not driving you have to go immediately pronto to a dealership to a chain auto parts store we all know that feeling we all know that urgency all of a sudden you try to turn on your car the car says no and you're in it for however many days on end rock auto cuts out that hassle because they get you the parts that you need quickly and at a price that you're willing to pay Um, look, because the other thing is we've all done the opposite, which is look at a parts price and say, ah, I'll go without and I'll make do. And that's pretty dangerous and silly as well. So don't do that. Go to rockauto.com, save 30, 50, even hundred percent on the same parts you could find at that chain store or dealership and save a bunch of time. Just go to rockauto.com, scroll down to the part that you need. Once you let it know what car you drive, click purchase and it's at your door within days. Again, cut out that process that hassle that middleman and get what you need quickly and cheaply right locked on when you make your purchase at rockauto.com and their how did you hear about us box so they know you came from locked on amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right the biggest other thing from the perspective of media day today was honestly in keeping with the short breaks are earned mantra. Um, 
And it's gonna, it's more of the breaks part here. And I'm gonna get to that in just a second. I did wanna let everybody know because I keep forgetting, I did not talk about it with Brandon yesterday, but I want to make sure everybody gets the info here. Um, I'm going to start including at the, the notes, the bottom section of every single podcast. It'll be on everywhere you listen, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, everything. And what it is, is a survey, a Locked On Suns listener survey. And I want you to fill it out It'll give me some information about who you are, how often you listen, not your name or any of that stuff. I don't care about that. You're anonymous. It's not going to be a big deal. I won't know who you are. You could say it was the worst show ever. I would have no idea. I would say, how'd you get this far into the podcast and um, bother doing it? But if you want to tell me how much it sucks, please, by all means, that would be helpful as well. And it'll just ask you a few few questions. How often do you listen? Where do you listen? What is your favorite part? What could be better? All that stuff. So that'll be down in the description. Please click on that. Fill that out if you would not mind. I would love to get some feedback from you guys as we get closer to the regular season. Okay. With all of that said, I do think we are headed toward a regular season that might be more patient and um, a slow burn than even I thought because I was starting to come around to this, especially as we saw the way that the the roster was filled out. Um, Keeping Abdul Nader giving him a little bit more money up than the minimum. Jalen Smith, the fact that he is still around and they seem to want to, at the very least, up his value, if not um, develop him. And guys like Elford, Peyton, Frank Kaminsky, some of these innings eater types, as well as these playable bench young guys, like this is not a, you know, Etwan Moore, Langston Galloway, who... We're good culture guys. We're good end of the bench pieces, but had very obvious flaws. Like you could imagine just throwing Alfred, uh, like an Alfred Payton, Frank Kaminsky, Abdul Nader, Jalen Smith, Landry Shamit lineup out there. And you're fine. I mean, you're not going to beat like the best teams when they're playing their best, but in the regular season, it's fine. So all of that to say, we heard today that the Suns are thinking about things this way. And that came up in a lot of different places. It came up in Monty Williams talking about that mantra. It came up in James Jones talking about, you know, an openness of competition, a work ethic. He also had some really interesting, James Jones did comments about uh, health and recovery from this run. And Chris Paul did as well. But, but James basically said, you know, you can outsmart yourself. I think were the, was the phrase that he used in terms of um, training and rest and injury management and all, and all these types of things. Like, obviously, they have a training staff. They're a professional team. They had a very healthy squad last year, so there's no reason to doubt any of that. But he basically was like, you know, we don't want to create minutes restrictions and, and this and that right out of the gate just because we happened to play a lot of basketball last year. And, you know, Book obviously coming off the Olympics run and all this. Like, there is an inclination. I think I understand some Suns fans who are like, you know, we need to be healthy again and... We have to have every guy because of that cohesion and and everything else that we know is so important here. If you lose players, if you lose reps, it it could be bad. But I get and agree with what James Jones is saying in terms of you just let the guys go and see what happens. So I think that's true, but I also don't think that we should read that into read into that by as him saying like we're going to overplay players and we're not going to rest. I think what he's saying is. You play it by ear. You play it 
through, you know, the constant upkeep and upcheck of everybody. And I think that combined with what Monty was saying about, you know, being patient with guys and everything else. We had Chris Paul talking about the injury. We had Jake Crowder um, referencing, you know, just now he's made two deep runs and it's not only physical, but also emotional. The toll that it takes on you of getting so close and rent, you know, amping yourself up and then having to have that, that come down on it and everything else. This was a group that was very, and obviously like the media, look, the media shapes what the narrative is because of the questions that they ask. Guys don't just go up there and give a soliloquy and give us their whole 10 cents on everything. However, this was a group that was very introspective and open about the fact that this is not going to be a aggressive, all out, every night, 40 minutes, we need to win every game. Like they don't, as weird as it is because of how quickly it happened, they don't have a lot to prove in terms of the regular season. So I feel like we're headed toward a regular season where we might finally start to see a little bit, and it happened last year. It's been happening for the past couple. Chris Paul is by no means playing, you know, 36 minutes anymore per game in the regular season. But, you know, maybe less minutes even than that. More more Cameron Payne minutes. Maybe resting games as I, I, I believe it when I see it, but I think I'm more likely to believe it now than I was. You know, I think that stuff is coming. I think we will see more minutes from the bench. And the last point I want to make here is we also need to see, and this was getting a lot of discussion on Sun's Twitter today, and I, I'm all for that. I, I think it's one of the more important questions of the entire regular season here is we need to see the regular season used as a breeding ground for trying stuff. And especially when it comes to Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton, those guys need to be given opportunities to try to score. I would even extend that out to Cameron Payne and Landry Shamit, frankly. Even Jalen Smith, if you're really optimistic that he has the juice to become something as a scorer especially. But you you need to use the regular season as a playground for those guys to have the opportunities on offense to where, you know, we were (laughs) one of the things that I've thought about a lot coming off of last year's finals. that goes right along with this is how crazy it was that in the conference finals and the finals, we were all collectively talking about how the Suns needed to find ways to get Mikhail Bridges uh, involved in the offense as a creator more than, than he was right get him involved find new ways try this try that you know put put him in the pick and roll have him be in this place or that place or handoffs and it's like way too late way too late not the reason they lost the finals or any of that stuff but way too late to be having those conversations when you're needing to win games to stay alive in the finals or in the playoffs at all so what we need to see in the regular season is that push, that that effort and that creativity and everything else to get those guys going, install some new stuff, use a real training camp here over the next two, three weeks, and that's what needs to happen. Hopefully we see it next Monday on in our first preseason glimpse of this team, that they're putting that stuff into place. Monty, you know, referenced this, the coaching staff has already been here for weeks meeting together and everything else. I know Willie Green and and that group moved in, you know, late August, mid-August even. So folks have been here and let's hope that happens. And let's hope that this is all part of that, that not only is it going to be maybe a little bit of a slower go 
in the regular season, but also, uh, and again, they're not going to sacrifice seeding. We definitely did not see them. They didn't tank their seeding or anything. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think they can win without pushing everybody. And that's what we'll see. And as a, a byproduct of that, a little bit more creativity, experimentation going on as well. I think we'll see that as soon as training camp. We'll see some of those signs of of all of these things happening. I would not be surprised if Chris Paul misses a, a couple days of camp here and there just to take things slowly. This is what happens. This is normal for great teams and for veterans in general. So that would be what I would say everybody should be expecting, not in an alarming way, but in a good way, in a reasonable and rational way that this stuff uh, should be taken slowly. All right, let's close out actually with a non-Suns takeaway here. Talked about the Aaron Gordon extension and the Nuggets keep giving us content here. I want to talk about Michael Porter Jr., who was one of the bigger news items of the entire league today, outside of the vaccines, which I will not... um, I will not infiltrate your ears with quite right now until it becomes more of a sun story. However, uh, Michael Porter Jr. is very much the talk of the town and his maximum contract extension means a lot. It has uh, implications for obvious reasons for the Suns and their contract extension and negotiations with their two young stars. So we'll get into all of that. In a moment, first though, a word from Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts over at Sleeper realized fantasy basketball was broken. That's right, you heard me right. Fantasy basketball was broken, so what they did What did they do? They decided to go out there and fix it. They created the Game Picks fantasy basketball system by getting rid of the old system where everybody who won was mostly just winning because they had more players playing games that week. They had... A guy with four games and a guy with four games and a guy with three games. And you might have only had a guy with one game and you lost. It's just the math. So they decided to cut all of that out. Translated it more to a fantasy football type system. You pick one single game per week for each starter to count toward their total team score. And you ensure that even number of games. So you can just set your lineup once. No more mindless busy work. Just updating your fantasy lineup constantly. You set that lineup based, you pick one game where each player is going to count for your total score, leave it for the week, watch the points roll in, and win. That's the main part. You don't have to put that work in. Because I'm sure many of you guys are great at fantasy basketball, but you don't like the time. You don't like having to spend uh, hours on end every single week. So whether you prefer Redraft Keeper or Fantasy or Dynasty, Game Picks from Sleeper has you covered. Again, Sleeper cracked the code for fantasy basketball. So if you love fantasy football and the structure there, building out that weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love Game Picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. Today's show also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports all football season long. As always, BetOnline, your number one spot for pro and college football action on the gridiron all year. With a new updated site and interface, that means even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Take advantage of their celebration of the return of football by using the promo code NFL100 when you sign up. Again, sign up at BetOnline.ag, put that first deposit in, and when you do so, use the promo code NFL100 to double your initial deposit. That's a 100% welcome bonus, doubling your initial deposit just for signing up from football to also basketball, boxing, and your favorite Vegas casino games. 
Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available throughout the rest of 2021. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Closing out here, Michael Porter Jr., of course, the number 16, number 18 pick in the 2018 draft. One of the final dominoes to fall here in the shuffle of contract extensions for the 2018 class. Signed a five-year designated player max max extension that could be worth up to $207 million. Really, it's a $172 million and... It only changes if he makes an all-NBA team. Very, very unlikely to me. Far more likely that we see Trey Young or Luka Doncic do that than we do Michael Porter Jr., but kudos to him and his agency for getting that little spruced-up figure in there in the final number. We'll have to obviously see if he gets there. I doubt it. Biggest thing, of course, is not whether the Nuggets have to pay that extra $35 million, but it is what it means for the Suns. And... I have to say, um, it was a shocker, um, Michael Porter Jr. getting this much money. I mean, you look, John Collins, I believe, got a $125 million. So, it's a lot more, and I get it. Like, look, the thing is, if you just have a highlight reel of Michael Porter Jr. last year in the playoff series in which the Suns got the Nuggets got swept by the Suns, and that's what most of you are probably remembering. You're laughing at this contract extension, right? But remind yourself for a second that MPJ did score, let's see, uh, 17.4 points per game in the playoffs on 47% shooting from the field, 40% from three, 81% from the free throw line. He had a 61, oh, straight 60% true shooting. And without Jamal Murray, had to take on a heap of responsibility. The defense, the injuries, huge question marks. The last year reportedly on this deal, non-guaranteed. But the reality is when this guy was able to get in there after the Murray injury and everything else, he was incredible. So from that capacity, like from that standpoint, you have to look at it and say he earned it, right? He took the opportunity when the Nuggets really needed him was able to give them that lift. They stayed competitive in the West. They retained solid seating. They won their first round series against the Trailblazers and, you know, were were overmatched against the Suns, clearly. But he earned it. He earned it. The, The question, though, and the Suns' obvious point to make from the Suns' perspective is, like, if he earned it, well, DeAndre Ayton certainly earned it. And not only from a winning standpoint, but from a two-way basketball standpoint, from an effort consistency standpoint, from a health from a health standpoint, frankly, it's it's really hard for me to look at what MPJ got, what Shea Gilgis Alexander got for that matter, having hardly been a an engine for winning basketball much at all during his career. I mean, for the most part, like he was the I don't know, third or fourth best player on those on the Clippers when he first made the playoffs last year with the Thunder in the bubble. He was, you know, especially in the playoffs, did not do a lot. Like, these are players between G- Porter Jr. and and Shea who, frankly, have not had as much of a claim to driving winning basketball at a high level on both ends of the floor as Aiton can claim to do. 
And so both of those guys getting maxes and especially MPJ getting a max here, it feels like it's trending toward Aiton getting that. Now, I have a harder time doing anything with the Bridges part of this. So I don't even feel like I need to say much. I think they're incredibly different players. Yes, they happen to be drafted in the same class and they're both wings. And I think the, the, the similarities kind of end there. They don't provide nearly the same function for their teams. They're not the same age. They have had vastly different careers. Like I don't, I really don't see the comparison to be made with Bridges quite as much here. Um, what what Porter Jr. does as a go-to scoring option on the wing is always going to be more highly sought after and highly valued, and, and those guys are just going to make more money almost 10 times out of 10 on the wing. So I don't see it there. But with Aiton, the amount of players drafted after him who have now signed max contract extensions is up to four, and as a number one overall pick in that class who stepped up his game, it's just, it's very difficult for me to look at that and, and not expect Aiton to, to get that, to get the bag. Um, last I'll say here, James Jones did get asked about the extensions by Kellen Olson of Arizona sports. And what Jones basically said was, um, we'll basically talk about that as it comes up, which I'm not going to read a ton into that, but at the same time, knowing Jones, follow me here, knowing Jones, if they don't sign those two players to contract extensions, they absolutely will not talk about it. I mean, today was the first time that I believe Jones has been made available to media since uh, draft night. Prior to draft night, the last time that we heard from Jones in a press conference format was media day last year. So this, he's not, he's not going to talk about it, right? So if he's saying that we will hear from him about it in due time, when the situation calls for it, logically that has to lead you to think, well, there might be something to talk about. What that says to me, if he's saying, you know, you'll hear about it from us when the time is right, that says you will hear about it and it will happen. And I'm leaning toward the expectation that it will happen. So I guess my current running theory, my assumption here is Aiton will get a max sometime before that October 18th deadline. And with the Aaron Gordon extension and others, Kale Bridges will get quite handsomely paid as well, probably before that October 18th deadline. So good news in terms of keeping those guys, but no shortness of intrigue about what that ultimate dollar figure looks like. Guarantees, player options, no trade clauses. It's a, it's a, it's a minefield out there for both sides, keeping everybody happy, keeping things moving quickly. Um, and hedging your bets a little bit, but, uh, James Jones is going to be quiet about this stuff. Like, don't expect that we're going to get some, you know, open discussion. We're not getting, uh, look, they didn't even make Booker available on media day when they surely could have. Kyrie Irving did media day from home. I think Bradley Beal did the same. Those guys don't have COVID like Booker does, but 
Uh, the reality is this franchise is going to be quiet about these things. So we're not going to hear it until all of a sudden it's done. And then we'll have a lot to talk about. So keep it right here. Look at that. A segue to making you keep listening to this show. Uh, I am so excited, guys. Basketball is back. Suns basketball is back. I am back every single day. Again, fill out that listener survey on the description here below. And uh, subscribe if you haven't already to wherever you are listening or watching. Be back tomorrow with part one of our 13 questions that will define the Phoenix Suns season. Get ready. It's going to be a fun series. Already lining up guests for that. Part one is just me. And starting off with the bang. A lot of the same things I'm talking about on today's show with the expectations game and everything else is uh, is what t- tomorrow's show will, will be about. So keep it right here. Enjoy your Tuesday and I'll see you tomorrow.